and welcome to the Big Spoon Podcast, where we talk about eating and drinking in San Antonio, Texas. My name is Jessalie Sarras, and this week's guest is Vera Deckard of Kunster Brewing Company near South Slopes. We chat about her award-winning Chamuco Spice Porter, which took silver at this year's Great American Beer Festival, and what's next for the brew pub. Here's the Big Spoon. So we're here with Vera Deckard, um, who is the award-winning now. Um, brewer for Kunstler Brewery. So tell us a little bit about Kunstler. So Kunstler started um, about, I would say, 2011 when my husband went to Afghanistan and um, I wasn't the one that was interested in home brewing. I thought that was just kind of weird when people are schlepping a bunch of water, hot water, and arguing about cleanup and volumes and stuff. So I thought that was kind of silly and I would head out and do something else while my husband was home brewing. Um, 2011, he was deployed to Afghanistan and um, I thought, and he was gone for six months. So I thought it would be cool to buy him a book on home brewing, mm -hmm. small batches, because I thought that was way better than the large batches that he was brewing. Right. <laughs> so I ended up with this little book in the mail, um, and before I sent it off, I started reading it and spent the better part of the night reading it, taking notes and making a shopping list because um, coincidentally, I love to cook. And I just saw a relation between the two, and I was just like, man, yeah, I can do this. Mm -hmm. um, so the next day, I took off to the homebrew store and got a whole bunch of supplies and then some, and started brewing my first batch. And from there on, I was hooked and never quit. And so, so when he comes back and you have all these small batches of beers, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually, so I was gonna have just a few bottles for him, but I, um, I went the full Monty, I guess, and I. <laughs> Like two kegs waiting for him wow. in the kegerator. <laughs> so one was a, a brown ale and the other one was a milk stout. Um, so we just, when he came home, it was just a constant, hey, let's brew this weekend, let's brew this weekend. So that's what we did is we brewed every weekend and yeah. started perfecting recipes. Uh, and I tied a lot of my kitchen knowledge in. And it got to a point where I was um, inundating the house with um, with either podcasts, magazines, refrigerators, conicals, Erlenmeyer flask, and at one point my husband came home and he's like, you know, this is starting to look like Breaking Bad. Um, <laughs> you either need to tone it down or um, or you need to go pro. Yeah. And so that's kind of how Gunsler came about. So I know you kind of dabbled early on. There was a, You did some tastings at the Monterey. I think that's when we started getting a um, wind of you guys. Yeah. Um, are those beers still around? Has there been a beer that you're still brewing oh, from yeah. day one? Oh, you know, the, the Chamuco, coincidentally, mm -hmm. was one that um, we brewed over and over again and kind of refined as we as we went on. Um, we served, I remember we served the Texas Tube Float uh, Pale Ale, and um, I'm, we just brewed that one yesterday. We did a double brew, and so that was one of them. And we ha I haven't released that one yet since Künstler opened, but... So it's, yeah, we're definitely brewing all the, the recipes that we perfected as home brewers, and we're doing those on the big system. So let's talk about Chambuco. Let's kind of get into it already. What, um, when you submitted it, yeah. What were you What were you thinking? What was going through your mind? What was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> How many did you submit? Well, we submitted four because you're allowed to submit four. Mm -hmm. And honestly, this really wasn't the year where I expected to be meddling. 
Um, it was just like we're going to go to GABF, and since we're going, we might as well submit some beers. And um, I was always a little apprehensive when Star, our bar, bar manager, would talk in terms of, so when we win that medal, I was like, no, you know, I don't yeah. want you to be disappointed, you know. And so I went to the awards ceremony, just really not expecting it, but just kind of wanting to get a feel for what it was all about, mm -hmm. take notes on the beers that medal so that I can taste the beers mm -hmm. and kind of get in, get just kind of get into the judges' heads about, you know, what, what where they're, they're at. Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What were the other three that you submitted? Uh, we submitted the uh, Saint Chapelle, which um, was kind of funny because if there's any beer that I'd hoped for, it was the the Saint Chapelle. Um, we also submitted the. Um, sorry, I'm getting sidetracked here. There you go. <laughs> so the Saint Chapelle, um, the um, uh, an IPA, which was the Yankee Fog, um, and I believe the Confident Bitch. So. Yeah. What's the confident bitch? It's a hoppy brown ale. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Do you... Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, it wasn't. We took that one with us. We submitted the Dejano coffee. Okay. So, yeah, and that was the one that we brewed together with um, the White Elephant Company's mm -hmm. coffee. And you're doing one this weekend. I mean, this will be too late, I think, maybe. Um, but you're doing another stout with Quantum Roasters. Yeah, so we already did the stout, um, and we're going to release that one this weekend. Awesome. Yeah, and so that's a milk stout that's got coffee in it, and it's got uh, cacao in it nice. as well. Um, I kind of want to go back to JBF. So we're talking, obviously, about the Great American Beer Festival. Mm -hmm. Had you been before as a spectator? No, I'd never been. So this was your first yeah, time. Yeah, super wow. excited. Yeah. yeah How, so. I mean, can you describe that experience? Um, well, you know, just... Being in Texas, there's so many beers that you can't taste, so I was really excited about being able to taste uh, some beers um, that I can't get a hold of here, so I had like a list of all the breweries that down. I would, yeah, yeah, exactly, because it's really overwhelming. It's so big. There's so many beers. So you almost have to have like a, a strategy, um, and you get little one ounces, one ounce pours everywhere, and I found that mm. a little difficult because I'm one that likes to sit with mm -hmm. a beer and kind of experience. See how it opens, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But still, it, you know, as I was tasting my way through, I got a pretty good idea of, you know, some of the things that I really thought were amazing, some of the breweries that I thought were amazing. Um, we ended up with a booth that was called Meet the Brewers. Mm -hmm. So it was really neat to represent our brewery uh, in Denver yeah. and just have a lot of people stop by. Absolutely loved it when people came by and said, hey, I've been to your brewery. That's awesome. Yeah, so that, that was neat too. Uh, it was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun work. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Goonsler though on its own. Like how long did the brewery take to come together? I feel like it was like a solid year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from finding. the time that we bought the property, it was a little over a year. We also didn't have a construction manager, so we did a lot of this stuff ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and it was one of those things, since we owned the building, we wanted to do it right. Uh, we had a certain vision. Um, and I, I didn't just want to hurry up and get open. Right. Um, towards the end, I did because we we're running out of money. So I was like, <laughs> gotta get this going. Yeah, we gotta get this flow of money. But I think it's reverse. interesting because, like, um, and this isn't—it's not knocking like other breweries in town, but I feel like Coonser 
is the only women-owned, like women. Uh, in San Antonio, yes. Right, yes. and there is a little bit of finesse when you when it comes to like the decor, like it's purposeful. I don't know if that was yeah. like any of you or. Yeah, no, that was um, you know it was all. I mean, we had a design board and and we knew exactly what we wanted our tables to look like. And design board, I mean like little a little like idea board, yeah. We knew what we wanted our tables to look like. Um, we had along the way bought these weird, funky chairs um, because they were cheap. And then we started looking at them. And it's like, oh, you know, let's weave them and you know pull some color in. So yeah, every little touch, um, anything that you look at, whether it's the bar skirt or the, the concrete countertop of the bar or the taps. Um, there was a lot of thought mm-hmm. in everything. And you know, Brent and I, we love to um, check out other breweries and restaurants and bars. And when you do that and you come from the restaurant industry, you see a lot of things that you like and you see a lot of things that you might want to do differently. Mm-hmm. And so you're just always kind of taking notes. It's just, we are always taking mental notes on yeah. what we like. And so we've incorporated a lot of those ideas that we've captured over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, being the only female does that I mean how has that experience been for you um I don't know because I don't know what it's like to be a guy in the industry (laughs) I think one of my favorite I think when we first started covering in the current um Lance had written a thing that said you know women were the first brewers like men would go off and do the whatever they did yeah and women were the ones brewing in the kitchen yeah um and I thought that that was really like it's very organic for you to take this role. It is, yeah. yeah. And it kind of fell into place that way. And then, you know, in that when I was reading the book, I was like, well, this is what I do in the kitchen. And coincidentally, I did my first brew in the kitchen on the stove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, tell me about what is your brew, like your style or your vibe like what do you what all did you, over the place okay because i mean are you more of an ipa person or no it not just really. kind of depends i do love belgians we have a lot of ipas up and um when i brew an ipa i like to make it very approachable um and i think that comes maybe from the cooking and that i like things balanced and i don't like any one ingredient too crazy um, so our IPAs are approachable, and for me, it's always rewarding when I hear somebody say, "I don't like IPAs, but I think I really like this." Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously love brewing our stouts and porters uh, because I do like the chocolatey flavors. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, if I've been brewing all day and I'm I'm thirsty and I want to sit down to something refreshing, I, I'll drink our pilsner. So I really am all over the place. To me, it's really just all about flavors. And I get my inspiration from um, something as simple as a tea aisle, you know, mm-hmm. where I'm like, huh, those two flavors will work well right. together. That's you cool. Know? Um, I mean, I'm currently enjoying, it doesn't matter that it's not even five, um, <laughs> but I'm currently enjoying the Viking, which is mango hibiscus, and it's a, what kind of beer? It's a, it's Quake, so it's spelled K-V-E-I-K, and it is a, it's a Norwegian yeast, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a crazy yeast because it can ferment all the way up to 95 degrees, which I don't understand where in Norway they have that, maybe in our <laughs> sauna. <laughs> Some sort of cave. I know, <laughs> but I like it because it's really refreshing, it's got a little tartness to it, um, the yeast throws off some citrusy flavors. 
mango has a tendency I think to be um, a little on the like ripe fruit flavor mm -hmm. so we balance it out with some hibiscus again to give it tartness yeah and to me it's kind of like an ode to San Antonio because it's all these you know wonderful mango hibiscus flavors that we have a lot They're of bright here. and beautiful yeah. yeah I mean and it's something that you can drink when it's 90 degrees or now as we're getting into fall exactly <laughs> quote yeah. unquote fall yeah um have there been any beers that just didn't resonate with the audience maybe that you loved but it was too soon or you needed to try again you know i think we have one child up there on our board and it's funny because that happens to be one of my favorite beers and it's the Szechuan, and i think it's a really well-made belgian triple uh, but I think the problem is the naming of it. We named it Szechuan because I use Szechuan peppers in it. Mm -hmm. And Szechuan peppers are so fragrant. They have like this, almost like a flower hop characteristic. And they give, give off like a little um, tongue numbing sensation, yeah. not a spicy sensation. But I find that whenever we can talk people into that beer, they absolutely love it and they come back for it. Mm -hmm. uh, it just takes a while. It, it's just a matter of educating them about the beer. What were you doing before? Uh, all kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned like a restaurant background, but what were you doing before? Yeah, I worked in the restaurant industry for a long time in California um, and uh, in, in the wine area in Napa Valley. Oh, wow. And so, you know, that's kind of where you, you get a feel for food and drink. Mm -hmm. That's a good pedigree. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> um, so how do you like your day-to-day -day now, like now that you're kind of... Yeah, it's busy. <laughs> it's it, it's probably busier than what I anticipated. There are a lot of processes. Um, I consider what we have as two businesses. We have the tavern, which mm -hmm. is in front of the house, which is uh, uh, an animal of its own. How many people do, does it fit? Uh, it should fit 50 people. Wow. Yeah, and so we also have our little side room. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a patio. We have food. I didn't expect the food to be as popular as it is. Yeah. It just kind of like started to grow around us and we understood, we, we learned what people like. Our kitchen is tiny, so we're always rotating things. Um, and there, and to me, food was, I, I just didn't want somebody sitting here having beer and not being to eat, able to eat something with their beer. So I wanted to have little things, but our little things ended up being like full-blown pastrami things. scene which is like see yeah yeah we are house curing and smoking our pastrami and it's wonderful um in the winter time as the weather changes we'll have our um, all meat chili again mm -hmm. every now and then we have a cream of tomato soup and everything that we do is real honest and and house made awesome. um, even with a tiny kitchen which we're looking forward to expanding soon <laughs> so what's next for cooksar um, just, you know, there's so many little things that we still want to do for Kunstler. Mm. Um, like talking about the kitchen, you know, we'd like to expand the kitchen. Um, we have the, the garage next door, which is kind of our TV playroom. Mm -mm. So that's going to be the next big step is to condition that area so that we can take more advantage of it in yeah. the summer and even in the winter in the when winter. it's cold. So I never... You know, eventually maybe maybe we'll have another tap room somewhere where we serve our beers um, on the outskirts of San Antonio. But right now my goal really is to, to get all, all these thoughts and processes that we had for Kunstler in place. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Um, what about beer-wise? Like, what's next there? 
just continue what we're doing because it's like you know we have any at any given time we'll have between 12 and 16 beers on the board and so we're always rotating and I constantly feel like there are so many beers out there that need to be brewed mm -hmm. I don't have time to brew them all <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the fun part for me um, as we're as we're growing I think we're probably going to need another fermenter mm -hmm. um, we need to be brewing more than what we're brewing right now yeah where can people find you? Uh, we are in Southtown. We are in the Arts District, and that's why our name is Künstler. It means artist. Uh, so we are on uh, 302 East La Chapelle, and we're right off of South Flores. And um, what's kind of neat is there's another brewery right down the street, which is High Wheel. So it's a brewery crawl. Yeah, yeah, it's almost a brewery crawl. You just need one more. <laughs> a two-step brewery crawl. <laughs> well, we have, we're pretty close to Blue Star as well. Mm -hmm. so, and retail yeah. down the way. Yeah, exactly. Um, and as far as distribution, how do you have accounts outside of it? We do, yeah. So, we have several accounts, but it's very limited because with our seven-barrel system, a seven-barrel system is kind of, well, is very much considered a brew pub system. Mm -hmm. So the goal is to just sell everything out of our taps. Mm -hmm. um, when we do distribute, we like to distribute to people or businesses that are really excited and passionate about us. Mm -hmm. uh, it's great advertisement for us to have a tap out somewhere um, and you know have people walk in and see it and taste it and go, what's Künstler? Where is right. that? It's a local beer. Where, where can I find it? So where can, like, what are the like five spots that people can find uh, it? We're at Jazz Texas. We are actually at BJ's. We're at Alamo Ranch. Sometimes we'll be at Columbus Girl. Um, I think we are at two different um, Big Hop Scrawler stations, mm -hmm. uh, and there's a little local bar downtown here um, that we're at, and the name escapes me right now. There's a lot of bars, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, but as far as JBF goes, I mean, you did not plan to meddle this year, but you no, did. No, no, I so didn't plan. What so. does that mean going into 2019? Like, uh, yeah, I. I what it means is I'm just going to continue to do what I'm doing. I knew that eventually I would like to meddle. Mm -hmm. So it really doesn't change anything for me. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is it's, it's a validation of all these, for all these people that have believed in us mm -hmm. and have been so supportive. In the last so, seven years. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So that, that was like the, the biggest thing to bring that home and, and, you know, validate people's belief in us. And, and also, you know, to put San Antonio a little more on the, on the craft brewing map too. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really, I, so as far as Chile goes though, was Chamuco always going to be the one that you went with? Because is that the only pepper beer you have? That is the, well, outside of uh, Sichuan, which has mm -hmm. peppers in it. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, and that's one beer that I really love. My husband loves Moli. And so the reason that I brewed that originally many years ago is because uh, I, I was trying to kind of emulate or copy the moly flavors that mm -hmm. he liked, the chocolate and the little bit of heat and the cinnamon. There's a, like a peanut butter kind of essence too, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well thank you for being here with us. We'll let you get back to brewing. <laughs> You've got you. more events coming up. Um, but yeah, where can people find you online? Uh, online, we have, uh, we're very good with uh, updating our Facebook. Mm -hmm. So you can find us on Facebook, the same thing with Instagram, Twitter. And then uh, Kunstler.com, K-U-E-N-S-T-L-E-R, Brewing.com. Sounds good.
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Big Spoon Podcast. The San Antonio Current Podcast is music by Chris Condi, produced by Jaime Monson, and hosted by me, Jessely Sarras. Send any questions, comments, concerns, or kudos to flavor at a See you next time.